Hey, welcome to the She Heard podcast hosted by author and speaker Laurie Green Westlake. On the She Heard podcast, we cover everything from a woman's role in the church to deep and unexpected dives into your favorite Bible heroes. Laurie's passion is to equip women with courage, boldness, and bravery through biblical study and inspiring narrative. Be sure to check out lauriegreenwestlake.com for additional resources. Welcome to the show. Hey everyone, Laurie Westlake here, and it's great to be with you today. I am back in my walk-in closet doing my podcast, and this will probably be uh, one of the last times I actually record from my walk-in closet. I'm not really sure where I'm going to be recording from in the future. As many of you know at this point, because I've been talking about it nonstop, we are house hunting. We've sold our house and we are house hunting. And I'm going to be talking more about that probably because I can't stop talking about it, but going to be discussing that a little bit today. But I wanted to say thank you. Thank you. This is today, April 30th, is our 25th podcast. Hooray! Confetti flying everywhere. Number 25. And this is the miracle. And since we started this podcast in, I think it was about mid-January, we have more than 2,500 downloads, which, I mean, I'm not saying it's viral, but I'm saying it is so for you, so far beyond anything that I ever expected. And I'm just blessed. I'm blessed that people listen to me. And I don't know why, because in my own family, nobody listens to me. So maybe it's just this thing that I need you to do. I need you. <laughs> you don't be listening to me because I can't get anybody else to do that. So let me say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But I do have a question for you today. And so I want to start with this question. Where is your gaze? Where is your gaze? And I I mean, literally, what are you looking at with your eyes, but also with your spirit? So the whole of you, where, where are you like positioning your sights physically, because we live in a physical world? And spiritually, because we live also in an unseen spiritual world. So here's some options. Have you got your gaze on your next promotion? How about that new guy you're after? Are you just all about watching for him, looking for him, thinking about him? Your finances. Are you concerned about that with all the news of inflation, your successes, whatever that means for you right now? Is that what you're focused on? Is that what you're looking around at or your losses? Oh my gosh, it just, losses have been the last couple of weeks, um, a big, a big part of the news coming into my social media, my telephone from friends and family. But is that, is that something that 
you really can't take your eyes off of is your losses. And so I know, I know personally that it's very hard to take our eyes off of our circumstances, everything that's going around us. And I know because I have been completely obsessed with my circumstances right now. And my circumstances, this is so shallow. This is so (laughs) material. And it's something that I've secretly judged other people for and I'm doing it. But isn't that what God does? He, he's like, oh yeah, you want to judge that person? Watch this, what I'm going to do to you. Because having lived in uh, Africa for a short time and seeing people who have well, I li- let, let me say this. Not all of Africa is poor, but I lived in a poor nation with people in a bad political situation. And, um, you know, some some of the most faithful Christians I know were living on a loaf of bread a day. So I came back going, I will never be materialistic again. And here I am obsessing over a new house. I, and I have been looking. I have been Zillow and I, Zillow is like emailing me. It's like he's stalking me. He is emailing me at least 15 times a day. And I don't go through and delete. I look at everything Zillow sends me. And then I go to the house and then I scroll through. But see, we're kind of in this weird situation stupid real estate market. Here in Albuquerque, we've got a shortage on houses because we're kind of landlocked. There's some big industries that are coming in, not because we have a lot to offer, because we're a very poor, impoverished state with low education systems, but we're also one of the most beautiful states. So it's kind of this weird mix. But there is a shortage of housing. And you know what capitalism does when there is a shortage on something and it's in high demand, prices go up. So we're paying ridiculous prices for houses and there's 15 people going for one. Well, as you guys know, when we put our house on the market and I I put pictures on social media and I was just so proud and excited. It's kind of a long story how we came to this conclusion. It doesn't matter. It happened and we sold the house in less than a day and we were so excited and just thinking we'd just done the best thing ever because we sold this house so quickly. And then now we've got to go find another house. And that is the hard part that we actually didn't think about when we put our house on the market. So because we have not closed on this house, people who have already closed on houses who have cash in hand are winning the bids on houses. So our realtor, who is an amazing wise woman and her husband, they they were like, Laurie, Steve, you guys need to just wait till you close, then we'll go look at houses and we'll have the power to buy whatever you want or need at that moment instead of putting contingency contracts or offers on houses. So Steve and I were like, hey, that's a good plan. Well, I still can't stop looking at houses. And here's why. Don't laugh. But we are going to have to move into a temporary place, you know, like from month to month. And you can't rent a house here because there's a shortage of rentals as well. Plus rentals 
A monthly payment on a rental is more than a house payment. It's ridiculous, I know. So I have a good friend that has a casita, and she's willing to let us move into it while we're looking for a house. But that means we've got to put everything we own in storage, including, and this is the don't laugh part, on my plants. And I can't put my plants in storage. But I'm telling you, because of... The greenery, um, those of you in Texas know that my brother, Scott Green, and his wife, Deborah, own a very large nursery with beautiful pottery and wonderful plants. And so every time I go home to visit in Texas, I load the truck up with stuff. And we have created this oasis in the desert because I have access to all this really cool plant stuff. And I have a lot of really big pots that you just... I got I know where to put them, and I'm afraid my plants are going to die. It's almost like it's a pet I'm concerned about, and we don't have pets. Our plants are our pets. And so I just, it's ridiculous, you guys. It is ridiculous. I am like, there is a way for me to find and buy a house so that I don't have to leave my plants behind on this property the new the new word i've learned in the real estate world is convey i don't have to convey my plants to this house and so i think this is really what i'm doing is i'm just like i can't stop looking at houses even though i know they got like this i picked out two the middle of last week i got from zillow zillow sent me two and went laurie these are really cute you're gonna love them and you should probably get out there and look at them. So yesterday afternoon, we did drive-bys, and one of them had an open house, and we went in. Last night when I was going to bed, Zillow wrote me and said, somebody else put a contract on these. It's pending. You're a loser. Right? So this contingency thing and this, oh, this complicated relationship I'm having with Zillow. But anyway... There is a point to this, and it's all pointed at me and and my shallowness. But I think that my real issue right now, where I am just obsessing about getting past the hardship of being an upheaval, not having my comfort things around me, living in a tiny little casita, and um, not knowing where we're going, not knowing what furniture I need, what furniture I need to get rid of. You know, all those unknowns is about uh, control more than it is about disorganization and upheaval. It's about the loss of control. News flashed to me last night, and I'm going to, Jesus started talking. I started listening to Jesus instead of Zillow, and he's like, you really want control, don't you? And I, I could almost hear him go, ha, ha, ha. Uh, you know, not in an evil way, but in a, oh, Laurie, Laurie, Laurie way. So now I'm getting real because none of us likes being out of control, right? Isn't that the ultimate thing? I mean, that was the original sin of Eve, right? When the serpent said, you can know all things, she was like, oh, wouldn't that be a relief, Right. Then there's no guessing, there's no waiting, there's not knowing what the future holds. I can know all things. Of course, I'm going to eat this fruit. And so it's a sin that we still struggle with today. So as I was thinking about all of this and how the Lord actually allows us into situations that are uncontrollable or uncomfortable, 
He does this because he wants to show us that he alone is in control and we need to learn to trust that. This is how we become warriors. This is how we become strong in our faith. This is how we can take on real battles is when we are building our trust. Trust when circumstances are out of control, be it loss. Like I said, several of my friends have lost loved ones this last two weeks, be it upheaval like mine right now, just just general um, not knowing what's coming next, just everything in life upheaval. Plus, I'm changing my job in the middle of all this. I'll talk more about that on another podcast. But yeah, add that into the stressor. Plus, we're having this event in two weeks. Oh, and plus, I was going to house about seven women here in my house during that event. And now I have no house. I mean, if you're listening to this and I had given you a bedroom, we're going to work it out. But that's just added to my what the heck was I thinking? Maybe maybe it's illness is a circumstance out of control, an unexplained illness or an illness that just isn't going away. Maybe it's relational issues. Um, maybe you and a child are having issues uh, between you or estranged from each other? Is it a hard marriage? Or what about financial stress? Or how about this circumstance? The people in the world losing their minds, thinking men can be women and children can be pets. That's pretty out of control. And that's enough to make you want to eat a full pan of brownies, which, by the way, I did last night. Anyway, the point of my ramblings over my self-inflicted but very stressful situation, as I've been frantically looking at houses when I should have been looking at Jesus. I'm not kidding. I thought about I thought about Peter on the water. I mean, Peter is the one that wanted to get out of the boat, right? It was Peter's idea. He said, call to me, Lord. Well, let me just read this to you because I think that it'll make more sense to you. So I'm going to be reading from Matthew 14, verses 27 through 30. But to set it up, if you'll remember, Jesus had fed the 5,000 on the shore doing his teaching, fed the miracle of the 5,000. He sent the disciples in a boat to go to the other side of the lake. And he said, y'all go on, I'm going to stay here and pray. And so they go out and they're in the middle of the lake at night, crossing the lake. And they look up and they see something walking on the water towards them. And they thought it was a ghost. Remember that? And they were afraid. And here I'm starting at verse 27. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Oh, you of little faith, he said, why do you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped Jesus, saying, truly, 
you are the Son of God. So, when Peter looked at his circumstances instead of the master of all circumstances, he began to sink. When we look at our crazy, out of control, or even horrific, temporary circumstances, we'll begin to sink. We must, even with a storm coming, keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's look at Hebrews 12, the first two verses of Hebrews 12. It backs up this phenomenal truth. Reading with verse 1, Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, even house-looking, and the sin that so easily entangles, coveting, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And then he sat down at the right hand at the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Okay, so when we keep our eyes on Jesus, knowing that he joyfully fixed everything wrong in this world for you and for me, and when we, we are looking at him instead of the temporary circumstances that truthfully and frankly he has allowed, that we will not grow weary and lose heart. And I tell you, I have been on the edge of jumping. I mean, like going into full-blown rage on somebody's head because I don't know where we're taking plants. I don't know how long we're putting our stuff into storage. I don't know how long we're going to live in a casita. I don't know where I'm going to put my guests when they come for the retreat. I don't know where I'm going to pack and store all this stuff for the retreat. And it's ridiculous. I just need to look at Jesus, even though I put myself in these circumstances. But that's the same thing that Peter did. Peter wanted to walk on the water with Jesus. But when he got on the water, a storm came, and he took his eyes off of Jesus. So today, no matter the situation, no matter the pain, no matter the frustration, no matter the betrayal, no matter what's not happening in your job or what's not happening in your romance, put your eyes on Jesus. You will likely see him walking on top of your circumstances and asking you to get on top of those circumstances with him, Jesus will be inviting you to walk on water. So let's make him the focus. That's what I'm going to do the rest of this day and the rest of this week. And even as Steve leaves the country during all this time for two weeks, I'm going to be looking at Jesus. How about you? Are you going to do that this week? Let's do it together. Okay, that's all I have. It's a lot. And it's a lot about me, me, me. And I'm sorry about that. So next time we'll make it all about you, you, you. But do 
remember that we're having this event on June 3rd. And the fact that it's in the middle of all this chaos tells me that the Lord is going to be calling all of us to walk on water. And so I don't think you're going to want to miss that call, the call to be brave and do something just outrageous like walking on water, because he wants to empower us to do that. And this verse from Peter with him calling Peter out of the boat proves he wants us to be walking on water with him. So it's June 3rd. It is at Vertical Church. It will be from 8.30 in the morning to 3.30 in the afternoon. We'll have a, a little bit of snacks for breakfast. We have lunch planned four speakers, uh, lots of discussion time at your tables, working things out, wrestling through what's going on in your life right now, worship and prayer time. And here's the thing, we need each other now like never before. So if you're local, and even if you're not, get a hotel room, rent a B&B, come on to Albuquerque on June 3rd. I'm Laurie Westlake. You can find more about me and my blogs, my podcasts, and the books. I've written a Bible study that, by the way, just won third place in a national contest. I'm so excited about that. And I also have an award-winning fiction that is out and the follow-up to that. And I'm working on a third Bible study that I hope will come out in the fall. I'm a little behind on that, but hope to catch up once we get settled in a new place. Love to you all. I want you to know that I don't have it together. I've never had it together, but I have Jesus. And so do you. Okay. And that's it. Have a blessed week.